The road to consciousness. We will figure out the biggest mystery in human history. How can we have such a rich subjective experience of life that's internal to us? Yet we don't know from the physical workings of the brain how it arises. We're going to do it by putting things into two buckets. Knowledge, which is justified true belief from epistemology. There's enough data or evidence we can say it's the truth. And then making some assumptions. Not enough data, not enough evidence or competing theories that we're just going to have to assume and move forward. I was hesitant to record this this session i wanted to talk about integrated information theory it's one of the leading theories out there right now and the reason i was hesitant is the more you learn about it there's a lot to it it's at the surface makes perfect sense but as you go deeper it gets pretty gnarly um but it does accurately make some predictions and what i like about it is it presents a mathematical model that you can then depending on any piece of information out there so it has a touch of panpsychism you can then derive some sort of quantifiable number for consciousness now obviously depending on the complexity of the system that you're measuring you may not get a big number and there is a threshold for us humans and given how complex our brains are that kind of makes sense and i believe this number is called phi um and so calculating that number gives you some kind of guide as to a scale of consciousness and i really like that because if consciousness really is everywhere in the universe then it is at a scale now i'm in the camp that biological life is a scale of consciousness but i may be holding on to just something that's a little bit more scientifically fundamental in my book of of matter versus uh living organisms so this is integration integrated information theory now it makes a few axioms to start um and the theory itself revolves around five i believe which are existence you need to exist to be conscious so yes <laughs> i don't think anybody would uh, make a counterclaim that there is has to be some element of existing in the universe to to have consciousness Second one is content. Your consciousness has some kind of content. For us, it's like shapes, potentially colors, lines. Uh, you can separate it out into like left and right, up and down, but the content is there. It provides, your consciousness provides some kind of content. The third one is information, that there is information embedded in each smallest element of the system. Um, and that information represents something. And the fourth one is integration. We do have an integrated conscious experience. It's not separated out by the bits of information. It's one unified experience. And the fifth one is exclusion. Now, the exclusion part is that we only have one consciousness out of the potential almost infinite number of variations we could have and that my consciousness is mine and it's unique versus somebody else's consciousness the way i interpreted that it really drills down to that individual experience that you have and i've talked about this before if you were to break down your consciousness although it feels like a stream of experience 
there is an individual experience you have that's unified and it's a continuous it's like the movie that you're seeing frame after frame which is discrete frames but if you play it fast enough and you have enough frames per second it looks like a stream and that's a logical assumption but i don't overly think it's true (laughs) however integrated information theory the exclusion part uh, actually all of it focuses on that specific experience potentially experience that you have at the smallest element of time by the way i don't even think we can quantify how tiny of an element of time and that is then has some causality and causality is a big part of it as well where depending on the different information within the system it will cause a different outcome or a potential number of paths that you could take which is essentially true you are unique in a lot of ways depending on what you believe scientifically or not you are in a unique spatial position and you are having a unique conscious experience and this is why it's yours compared to anybody else or anything else let's just go with panpsychism compared to any other anything else in the universe your experience is yours and exclusion also states you can't have a superposition of multiple experiences regardless of how many possibilities there are so you have to have one which also makes sense uh in that so they're the five axioms the my interpretation is that it does focus on individual experience is able to link some sort of causality and the causality plays a part. Like I said, it gets really complicated in terms of the mathematical model. So I'm not going to claim that I've become an expert at it. You should definitely look it up if you're interested. But that causality factor is definitely there. And it can lead to a number of outcomes. But there's only one outcome in our conscious reality. And that puts a mathematical number on that outcome. Depending on the complexity and the amount of information that it goes from one state to another. Um, and that information, like I said, is an embedded piece of the smallest elements of the system, the lowest elements of the system. I don't know if it's the lowest elements because this is still an open question of at what stage does it add up to that number, i.e. does every quark have an information factor, therefore it has um, a, a quantitative value, that it's, it's co- has a consciousness value, the phi value, or is it when the quarks bind? in the protons and the neutrons uh, or is it the nucleus or is it the atoms you see where we're going with is the molecules like at what part of the system does it become conscious i have to find out what the answer to that is clearly it's at least at our level because <laughs> we know that but that's our only data point could the whole universe be conscious and maybe it is a, a a continuum in a field maybe it's some kind of i don't want to say it's not unified field but if you if we look at it conceptually the way that we look at things normally, it might not make sense. But if you can imagine, yes, at every smallest element has an, has an element of consciousness and the consciousness value just expands. And yes, so you could give a potential number to the whole universe. It would be very difficult to calculate. I believe right now it's difficult to calculate because there's a lot to it. But we could be having some consciousness at every level. It's still poses the question why only us in this way but there's probably an answer to that too so this is the leading theory it's able to make some predictions as well because you've got quantifiable values and there's a certain threshold which we believe there's consciousness of what humans have um they're trying to measure it also i believe in some way um 
So this is a good theory in that sense. Uh, there's a lot still to it that I need to learn about, so I may do another session, but there, that's, that's where it's coming from. Uh, the causality bit is super interesting because causality is a fundamental part of the universe, especially the scientific universe. This is a very objective lens, and we're applying the same causality to... And you can't have causality without time. For something to cause an effect of something else, there's a state change. And this is looking for the information, which panpsychism also states that every single thing in the universe has an internal, internal experience. So all the particles also have an internal experience value. And I suspect this information, whatever it is, represents that in some way. Um, for instance you know, charge, spin of any subatomic atomic <laughs> particle are fundamental properties that it has. There might be something else. Now, we've talked about this before as well, where David Chalmers has advocated we need potentially to extend physics to some sort of conscious part, consciousness particle or something like that. Uh, and people have said that there is that internal experience uh, and inf integrated information theory measures, I guess, that internal experience and classifies it as information. What buckets information? <laughs> information is a term that we use. It's a representation of something. Uh, in this case, it's it's something. <laughs> I guess it's a representation of, of the value leading up to some sort of fire, which is the consciousness value. So definitely, uh, you know, there's a threshold where it becomes conscious or consciousness as we know it. So you could apply this to basically any anything in the universe. Um, so... Good theory, I like it, although I like a lot of the leading theories, it does have a mathematical element, so it can actually produce some quantity values for consciousness. I'm hoping it's going to make a lot of progress, but I don't know, it just feels too... It feels a little like we're applying our approaches to generally how we do the objective science to consciousness and consciousness may be something that goes beyond our language our math our science to understand um it's just one of those things could behave energy wise within the universe like nothing we've seen before uh, I'm very curious about dark matter and dark energy. Uh, that makes up 95% of the known universe, which is super fascinating. I'm not linking the two because linking consciousness with hard scientific problems has a long, rich history. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's not true, but, you know, people have linked consciousness to quantum mechanics before in terms of the measurement problem and how our observation play a role. Uh, people have linked consciousness at a fundamental subatomic level to with microtubules, uh, speculating that the smallest quantum level effects of the brain in terms of microtubules is what gives rise to consciousness. It's a supernatural thing to do, um, but I, you know, I'm assuming it's not the right approach. What is the right approach? That's a good question. Um, 
we will see where this goes. I'll probably do another session as I learn more. I've only been sort of digging a little bit more in the last week or so. It's worth a big mention. Um, there's some, there's actually not as many YouTube videos as I thought <laughs> on integrated information theory, but it tackles emergence head on and that's really powerful. Emergence we've talked about is how can something arises from the system as a whole if when sorry when the smallest elements of that system come together there are properties that come out of the system as a whole that by looking at the smallest elements you don't see we've used examples before like water water is a classic example you could look at h2o molecules all day long you could look at trillions of them but you'll never see the property of wetness or you never see the fluidity of water something comes about something emerges now that's soft emergence we talked about hard emergence as well where there's downward causation but really integrated information theory is attempting to solve the emergence problem which is amazing because they're looking at each of the smallest elements of the system which is the subatomic particles or the particles or the atoms trying to capture the information and then aggregating that together to give you consciousness so yeah in that aspect it's great solving emergence seems to be the key to consciousness i'm not sure looking again we look at the physical i'm just thousands if not millions of people looking at the physical brain every day and understanding which neurons are firing and binding and the synapses and the neurochemicals but looking at this just like looking at the h2o molecule all day long you're not going to see the property of consciousness and that's been the challenge for hundreds of years or well theoretically the last 50 years i guess since we've had eegs and now we've got transcranial magnetic magnetic stimulation uh, which is super fascinating and that's sending some sort of magnetic waves and measuring the response depending on the regions of the brain. So maybe that's it. Maybe we need better techniques to study the brain. But again, without solving emergence and while it feels like we have heart emergence, that's downward causation with our mind, solving the emergence problem is the only way we're going to solve consciousness. But this is a bigger problem than I would suspect the reason being is emergence pops up everywhere. Emergence is a part of our empiricist's uh, experience. Emergence is our experience. Looking at everything around us, it's all made of the same stuff. But we see it at a level with properties that you just don't see it if it broke down to its smallest elements. Anything. I always like to use the example, if we built a machine, we have 3D printers these days. Let's say we built atomic printers. Well, you would punch in how many types of which atoms you need in the order you need them. And if you could watch it getting built, at some point you would see atoms. Well, technically, I guess they're too small to see. But at some point, it will start looking like what you suspect it looks like. <laughs> if you were to build a table, you may see random bits of it pop up. Well, maybe that's not true. Maybe you'll start seeing parts of it. At what point does it become a table is kind of the point. <laughs> what time? What point in your mind does it look like a table? Um, and maybe that's a bad way to look at it because we can't see atoms. We cannot see molecules. And there's trillions of them. There's not 10 or 20. There's trillions and trillions and trillions that make up everything in the smallest things. 
but they take on shapes they take on spatial locations they take on properties that the atoms don't necessarily represent um individually so that's the emergence problem that it's squarely taking on and i really like it for that is there another way to solve emergence maybe the question we should be asking ourselves either way it's just it's we have an ingrained experience uh this is the hard problem of consciousness it is a subjective first person first hand feeling that you have that arises from energy i would say like at the fundamental level everything is energy and it just emerges into maybe there's a deeper level than the quarks and the subatomic particles maybe the quarks are an emergent property of energy uh that could be one way to look at it but we're gonna have to try and figure it out